Today's episode continues our Matter of the Heart series, and we're going to take a look at humility. There is an awesome and powerful lesson before us on humility, and it is demonstrated by our Lord and our Savior. Now, hey, listen, my dogs were in the background, so you'll hear them on just one little segment. I think they got excited about the message as well. So come on in and let's look at humility through the eyes of Jesus. Today, we're going to take a look at John chapter 13, and this is really another matter of the heart, and it's called humility. Yeah, that's a matter of the heart. Humility really is an attitude of our heart. And when we think about humility, we're thinking about the humbling of oneself, making uh, oneself low, um, submitting to the authority of another. But anyway, let's just go into John chapter 13 and we're going to see the greatest example of humility in our Savior. He is the humble servant. So John 13, on the last night of Jesus's earthly life, he teaches by example a lesson to his disciples. It's a lesson about humility. He showed them how to be humble regardless of your position or status in life. So let's go. Here's what happened. Jesus and his disciples were at dinner and it was around Passover time. Uh, It was the Passover feast. We don't know exactly if the feast had already occurred or if it was being served. Now, the second verse says it was being served. Now, there's some uh, conflict between some commentators regarding that aspect. So we're just going to go with the evening meal was being served. So dinner was being served. And John lets us know that the devil had already prompted Judas to betray Jesus. Now, remember, this is the last night of Jesus's earthly ministry. Jesus knows something. What does he know? He knows that the time had come for him to leave the world and to go to his father. That's what the Bible says. So Judas had been prompted by the devil already to betray Jesus. Look, I want you to pay attention to this too. Now, Judas was in the company of Jesus. He was one of the 12 that had been selected by Jesus to follow him. And we know that was for purpose as well. However, him being in the company of Jesus, he was not in the companionship. He was not connected. He didn't have the heart of Jesus. So again, Jesus knew that his time on earth would come was coming to an end and he was going to return to the father. But before Jesus would leave the disciples, he showed them just how much he loved them. You know, he had been protecting them. He had been caring for them. He had been teaching them. You know, he had just been, you know, in their midst. And now he's going to go even further to show them exactly how much he really loves them. And this is even before he goes to the cross. Now, I want you to look at verse number three in this 13th chapter of 
John, it says, Jesus knew that the Father had put all things under his power and that he had come from God and was returning to God. That's important to note here. What Jesus knew is that he had control. Everything was under his power. He now has authority. And this isn't something that was just revealed to him. In John 3, chapter, in the third chapter of John, the 35th verse, it says, Jesus said, the father loves the son and has placed everything in his hands. Now this speaks to the demeanor and attitude of Jesus, not just in John chapter 13, but throughout Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, we can see Jesus and we can see his demeanor. Jesus didn't come to be served, but Jesus came to serve. Although he knew who he was, he knew who he was. He did not walk around in arrogance he did not walk around walk around in pride remember those are matters of the heart that we have discussed also so jesus is well aware now that he has choice everything is at his disposal because god has given it to him Jesus knew his authority and, and he knew also his relationship with God. He knew where he came from and he knew where he was returning. Now, we need to pause here and, and think about this for a moment. This speaks to identity. Jesus didn't have a doubt in his mind or in his heart about his origin. He had no doubt in his heart or mind or about his identity. Now, Jesus could have been because of who he was and whose he's what he was. Uh, he could have been on a power trip if he wanted to. Everything is under his power. He's God's son. He's the king's kid. He could have demanded that people honor him and respect him, but he did not. Jesus could have also had this mindset and attitude like, hey, do you know who I am? Y'all know many of us do. Many of us have that mindset, especially when we have position and status and we come from certain pedigrees or we have acquired certain things in life, statuses, position and prestige. But we see that Jesus does not demonstrate that type of demeanor, even though he could have, he did not. So at this meal, the disciples and Jesus, they were reclining at the table. Now, this table was unlike the tables that we sit at at our meals. This table was low. It was low to the floor, to the ground. And there weren't chairs. There were pillows. And so they sat on the pillows and they sat in a position where their feet were behind them, kind of like in a, you know, a upward recline or you're just your feet. Uh, behind you in a lounging style, if you will. So as the meal is being served, 
The Bible lets us know in verse number four that Jesus got up from the meal. Jesus got up from the meal and he began to do something. He took off his outer clothing and he wrapped a towel around his waist. Then he poured water into a basin and began to wash his disciples' feet, drying them with the towel that was wrapped around him. What? Do you see this? Think about what's happening. You have Jesus who is in authority. He is the teacher. He is the master. He is their Lord. Yet he has humbled himself to that of a lowly servant. Why do you say a lowly servant? I say that because here Jesus is. He has uh, begun a task that was customary for the lowest servant in the house to perform. It was the duty of that person to wash the guest's feet. And now we have Jesus doing this. Can you imagine what the disciples might have been thinking as they see Jesus get up and perform this task? You know, I don't, I don't know what they were thinking. I don't know what was going through their minds, but I imagine that they were confused. There could have been some bewilderment. I'm sure that there was some nonverbal communication going on between the disciples, although um, they weren't saying anything out loud. They might have been giving each other strange looks. Y'all know how we talk with our eyes and making gestures, even with our hands. Now, I don't know how many disciples' feet Jesus had washed before become, uh, before he came to Peter? I don't know if it was one, two, five, seven, or 11. But we know that no one said anything but Peter. Now, y'all know Peter. Peter is the outspoken one. Peter is the one who's got something to say. So when Jesus comes to Peter, Peter says, wait a minute. Uh-uh, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? You know, Peter is protesting. It seems that the other disciples have accepted Jesus's act of humility without saying a word. But Peter, I don't know if Peter is looking at them like, are you guys crazy? Do you know um, what's happening here? He should not be doing this, meaning that Jesus should not be washing his feet because Jesus has a Authority. He's not the lowest person here. He's the highest person here. This is not a job for him. Someone else needs to do it. Now get this. I don't want you to think that Peter is opposed to getting his feet washed because he's not. He's just opposed to the one who is washing them. So Peter is protesting, right? He's saying, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? Jesus replies to Peter, he says, you do not realize now what I am doing, but later you will. 
But Peter continues his protest. He said, no, uh-uh, you shall never. And y'all know never is a strong word. And we use it too carelessly. We need to reconsider the words that come forth out of our mouths. So he says, you shall never wash my feet. Now, this is Peter, you know, he's being uncomfortable with his Lord and his master stooping so low to do a job that he considers beneath him, beneath his position. Remember this, I told you they were reclining at a table, sitting on pillows. So Jesus has to bend down. He has to either get on his knees to wash their feet. Now that's imagery for you. I want you to imagine that and think about it. And this is what Peter is opposing. I believe that Peter meant well, right? I believe he meant well. And I think, you know, we mean well sometimes too when, you know, we have seen people of high position uh, doing things that others should be doing. You know, I've seen people in churches serving their pastors and their leaders in such a manner that they do not let them do anything. I mean, absolutely nothing because they think some assignments and tasks are just too menial for their leaders to do. So if their leaders attempt to pick up even a piece of paper off the floor, uh -uh, they won't let them do it. They'll call somebody else. Yeah, come here, pick this up. <laughs> because they feel it is beneath them to do it. Such a low task. But Jesus, in response to Peter, says, unless, now this is verse number eight. Jesus says, unless I wash you, you have no part with me. Oh my, that's some serious stuff there. Peter had to accept Jesus's act or he would no longer have fellowship or connection with Jesus. Now, this these words of Jesus pierced Peter in some way that he immediately accepted. He realized that his relationship would be severed if he did not accept Jesus's humble act, if he did not submit, okay? So he did submit to the washing of his feet by Jesus. But old Peter, you know, he, he wanted to go even further. He wanted more. He was like, okay, Lord, if you're going to wash me, don't just wash my feet, wash my hands and my head. But look at what Jesus said in response to that. Jesus said, a person who has had a bath needs only to wash his feet. His whole body is clean and you are clean. He says, though not every one of you, for he knew who was going to betray him. And that was why he said not everyone was clean. Y'all know. Now look at this. Jesus was definitely humble. He knew who was going to betray him. He also knew that Peter would deny him. Um, but let's get back to this betrayal. He knew who would betray him. Still, he washed that person's feet. Can you believe that? Now, y'all know y'all would have passed all over that person if you knew that person had betrayed you or was going to betray you. But not Jesus. Jesus shows us, you know, his demeanor. Wow. The humility of our Savior, the humble servant. But in response to that, Jesus said that your feet only needed to be washed because you're already clean. 
that they had already been washed because they believed in him, that they put their trust in him. Now all you need to do is just keep your feet washed by continuing in the fellowship with him. Now, I've already said uh, Judas, yeah, he didn't necessarily uh, hang on to the believing in Jesus part. He had his own idea what Jesus should do instead of submitting to the authority of him. Yeah, that's something else. Jesus is, I mean, Judas's heart was not right or it was not in the right place. Now, when Jesus had finished washing the feet, this is verse number uh, 12, when he had finished washing their feet. So I'm not sure if there were any others after Peter or not. But when he finished, he put on his clothes and returned to his place. Then he said to them, do you understand what I have done for you? Jesus has now, you know, done an act and now he's come back to his position at the table. Oh boy, y'all, this is so rich. It's so much stuff we can say, but our time, you know, does not give us the, the, um, opportunity to expound on all this richness. So I'm just going to stick to this right now. He draws them in to this lesson that he has demonstrated to them. And he says, now, do you understand what I have done for you? Jesus did not leave them quizzical. He did not leave them wondering what had happened. He didn't leave them trying to figure it out and talk about it on their own after his departure. No, Jesus tells them exactly the reason he did what he did. This act meant something. So notice what he says. He says in verse 13, you call me teacher and Lord and rightly so, for that is what I am. Jesus is not denying that he is the teacher. He is not denying that he is their Lord. He is agreeing with what they are calling him. And now he says, he says in the 14th verse, now that I, your teacher, your Lord, have washed your feet, you also should wash one another's feet. Now, so Jesus is commanding them to show the same humble, sacrificial love to one another. Isn't this what the command says? Even when he was asked, what is the greatest commandment? He said to love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, mind, and soul. And then he said, the second is like unto it. Love your neighbor as you love yourself. Yeah, every one of us would want our feet washed. But we also must know we must be willing to serve another too. The very thing we want done for ourselves, we must be willing to do for another. Jesus demonstrates that. And he tells his disciples, this is what he is expecting of them. Now look, our attitude as believers and followers of Jesus should be the same as Jesus. We should act, we should exemplify, we should model the same attitude and have the same disposition as our Lord and our teacher. Now, when Jesus washed their feet, you know, does he mean literal washing 
foot washing ceremonies? No, I believe it's more than that. Even though I have participated in one, my former pastor washed our feet. And I'm telling you, it was a powerful uh, presentation and experience, if you will, because that's a humbling. Y'all know some of y'all feet. Y'all know how our feet are. <laughs> you don't want to touch the feet of some people because <laughs> they're crusty, they're dirty, they're smelly. Y'all even thinking about that right now. Think about that. Those disciples, they wore sandals. The roads back then were not paved. They were dusty. And so can you imagine that the feet of the disciples, they were probably dirty, 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 and they more than likely smelled. They were probably funky, right? <laughs> but Jesus got down and he cleansed the stench off of their feet. He wiped the dirt and the grime off of them. Oh my goodness. And that's what he wants us to do with one another as well. When we see another that's hurting, even with the same hurts we may have, even the difficulties that we may be experiencing too, that we are to lend a hand to humble ourselves, to come off our high, our high horses and to help someone in need. Look, I want to share with you what Charles Spurgeon said. Spurgeon said, he says, it is easy for us to criticize those with dirty feet instead of washing them. Yeah, we criticize. We point out the errors of others. And this is the world's way. The world is so quick to point out deficiencies in others. We see it all the time through the news. We see it even in our own groups, our associations. We see it and we neglect to see that we have issues too. Yeah, we probably are complaining about the same thing that um, is going on in our lives. But get this, Christ's way is very different. He sees the dirt and instead of judging and condemning, he says nothing, but he gets up. He gets some water and he, begin, he begins to remove the dirt. He begins to remove the dirt. He seeks to restore and that's what we should do too. That should be our goal. When it's within our power to act, let's do so. Let's take off our high attitudes and let us humble ourselves to help someone who needs it. Let us not think that there, there is a task or an assignment that is too low for us because of our title, because of our educational status, because of our economic background. Let us not think that we're too good, for lack of a better word, to do something um, um, that is beneath that, those categories that we have placed ourselves. So we need to, you know, diminish that I'm better than attitude. We should not exalt ourselves over others. We need to have a humble mindset. We need to have a heart full of humility. Remember, Jesus got low. He humbled himself and we must commit to serving others as Jesus did. Let's put aside all rights to be acknowledged 
to be celebrated. And let us submit to obeying Jesus and obeying our Heavenly Father. Let us remember what Jesus said too. Everyone who exalts himself, that is to put him or herself above others, will be humbled, mean put down, brought low. Because those who humble themselves, Jesus said, will be honored. So Heavenly Father, we thank you for this lesson on humility. Letting us know that our hearts, Father, need to be regenerated and changed. And that can be done by your word and following the example of Jesus, allowing love to abide and reside there, seeing others and seeing their need, not being critical, Father, but being helpful. So we're asking that today, that you will show and show us, Lord God, those places where we have been critical and judgmental, Father God, that we Uh, resist helping others because we feel that it's beneath us. Help us to rid ourselves of those attitudes and thoughts. Thank you, Father. All right, y'all, this has been your daily dose. Remember this, a daily dose of God's word. Oh, it's good for the soul. Be blessed.